0: Welcome back, it's 1244 WJBC, 78 degrees. I'm Mark Strauss, the TV guy on radio, and this is the WJBC Ag Hour on the Midday Show. Portions of this half hour are brought to you by GNC. Now on sale through May 17th, the best pre-workouts, proteins, vitamins, and fish oil are buy two, get one free. And mix and match. Change begins at GNC. All right, uh, before the news, I said that uh, our McLean County Farm Bureau Farm to Table segment would continue our conversation on uh, biotech and GMOs and the option they provide for growers. And joining me on the telephone from uh, Goodfield in Woodford County is agronomist Karen Corrigan. Hi, Karen. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. How's everything on your farm? Have you recovered from the rains over there?
1: Um, there's people trying to get in today, but I'm afraid that system coming through Iowa right now might not give us that many hours left to work here.
0: Yeah, I saw that on the radar. It, uh, it's a big, nasty one, so hopefully hopefully it won't hit us too hard. Maybe it'll peter out a little bit before it gets here. I know they're waiting for things to dry up so they can get some... Uh some work done all right so uh gmos we started this conversation uh uh, last week and i think uh, we may have spoken about it the week before but you bring a little bit of a new twist to it and uh just bring us up to speed on what some of the benefits are uh for the farmers of uh, the gmos
1: well there's different types gmos have different attributes some are resistant to disease some of them can be sprayed with herbicides that they otherwise wouldn't be able to and then other ones um are insect resistant to certain insects, so you know we can reduce tillage if we don't have to drive um, to dig up the weeds. If we don't have, if we're not using herbicides, um, we can lower fuel consumption because we're not driving over the field much and not using as much diesel. And then we can lessen crop damage and hopefully have you know more yield in order to bring to the market.
0: Maybe we should, uh, for some people who are listening who aren't uh, tuned into the technology, explain what uh, GMOs are and what biotech is.
1: So GMO just means that the seed that was planted included a trait that was used by biotechnology. So we have been um, modifying crops forever. Um, In most cases, what we've done is traditional breeding has been cross-pollinating within a species, different lines, and then also sometimes across species, where this is a quicker method and actually they either take genes from different plants or organisms and insert them to do something specific, like make a specific protein, or they take the genes that are within the plant, um, in the case of apples, and they learn to turn them. With the apples, they learn to turn the browning effect down, not necessarily off, but they've been able to turn it down so the apples don't brown as fast.
0: Okay, let's get to, into a little more depth on what GMOs do. You talked uh, uh, very uh, loosely about that a minute ago, but in terms of uh, you know being able to resist uh, herbicides a little bit better and insects, uh, how how get into the science of that for us.
1: So, basically, with the herbicides, just within the plant, where the herbicide would normally latch onto and kill the plant, in most cases, they've changed that, and the herbicide's not able to do that, and then, therefore, it's not able to kill the plant. As far as insects, basically, those plants um, produce proteins that the insects, if they eat them, they will die. So, it's kind of, you know, they're safe for us, but they're not safe for specific insects. Insects. So it's like, you know, your dog can't eat chocolate, but you can. Well, you could eat this protein, but those insects, specific insects can't. So that's kind of the analogy I use.
0: I have a cat that likes chocolate. (laughs) He seems to do okay with it. Uh, But uh, just to get back on track, you know, and the other thing about that is, is that uh, farmers may need to use perhaps less seed because it's more resistant to a disease uh, and it's not as right. af- it's not as effective so it's so these GMOs they can save growers some money can't they
1: right they can decrease some input so you, in cases you can have less seed costs you can have less herbicide costs less insecticide costs and like I said less fuel costs if you don't have to be driving over um, driving over the field as much
0: there are some huge environmental benefits to GMOs too.
1: Sure. I mean, any time you're not using the tractor to drive across, if you're saving on diesel and you're saving on the exhaust from there. Um, I would say that's the main thing. But
0: Yeah, and and I think uh, in relationship to uh, what you've already presented, um because you don't have to use as much pesticide in some cases, that's another that's another cost cutter, that's another environmental benefit, right?
1: Right, but it's not just all about cost. I mean, some of, these, some of the products that we've used in the past are, are harmful to both the operator um, or to people in the area. You know, they have, um, they're labeled either caution warning and whatnot as far as their toxicity, but this actually allows us to use chemicals that are less toxic and in a lot of cases use less of them in general.
0: Where do you see GMOs going from here? Because the science uh, has accelerated rapidly, and more and more, more and more growers are using GMOs.
1: Um, right now, they're targeting more of the produce areas. Um, in, in general, a lot of what we've had in the past has been corn, soybeans, cotton, alfalfa, things that have been used for livestock feed. And now they're just crossing over into a lot more of the consumers. Um, we have the Arctic apples that were just... Um, approved a few weeks ago. There's also a potato that was approved um, about a month or two ago, and they're working on um, the citrus greening problem in Florida, which is taking out the citrus crop down there, and they're hoping to come up with uh, something that can stop that disease and save the citrus crop. So they're moving more into the produce basically to save certain production in certain areas, like if they save the papaya because it was it was being devastated by a disease, and they've saved that, and now they're going to different areas and trying to save production in those areas as well.
0: I don't know if you mentioned this, but uh, do GMOs give uh, plants more tolerance in in, in instances of uh, drought or uh, low moisture?
1: Our um, drought-resistant corn, um, and that's that's the main one as far as drought resistance. Okay. I think it's important to remember that you know there are only ten approved GMOs in the U.S. So every time you see a non-GMO label, say on strawberries, that's misleading because there are no non-G there are no GMO strawberries. So all strawberries in the U.S. are non-GMO. So I think people think there are a lot more GMOs out there when there really aren't. There's only ten that are approved, and most of them you wouldn't eat directly yourself. Well,
0: that's interesting. Why do you think they label those that way if uh, th- there's not a, a gmo brand or version and a non-gmo version
1: i think it's just uh a marketing to catch your eye and you know if you see non-gmo you may be more apt to buy it versus something that doesn't say anything
0: yeah this is kind of tricky a little bit yeah. um
1: and that's kind of a problem that we have uh in agriculture is trying to defeat that marketing so if you go in the store, most of what you're going to find in your GMOs are going to be in your processed food, and they're going to be if they use soybean oil or sugar beet sugar, canola oil, those types of things. Um, really, your only straight produce that you would eat would be sweet corn, summer squash, papaya, and then, like I said, the potatoes and apples. They're just coming out onto the market because they were just approved.
0: Well, that so. begs the question, then, uh, Does does do GMOs get a... A bad rap if uh, if products are being marketed as non-GMO that sort of infers that GMO isn't a good thing. Are, 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 is GMOs getting a bad rap?
1: They do get a bad, but more than anything, I think it just confuses people. You know, a lot of people don't have time to really research before they go to the grocery store. So, you know, it's like all of us—we only have so much time, and so we just grab what we need and go. And Instead of trying to learn more about a GMO, if, I see some, if somebody sees something non-GMO, they may be just more apt to grab that and not have to worry about it.
0: I also think that a lot of us, and I include myself in this category, are a little bit intimidated by the science of it, that we, we may not understand it, so we just don't even look into it. We'd rather just sure. not know.
1: Well, I think a lot of people thought that GMO means that it was like some animal gene was inserted into the plant. And in a lot of cases, they're from other plants. Um, In the case of the potato, it was actually genes from a potato variety in Argentina, I believe, that were inserted in American varieties. So it was still a potato gene inserted into another potato. And I think if people realized that, they wouldn't be as frightened of the concept.
0: Okay, Karen, thanks for sharing some time with us and uh, bringing us up to speed and furthering our conversation on biotech and GMOs.
1: Thank you.